Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 6 of the Music Works Podcast. I'm Katie Beardsworth, Director and Founder of Polyphony Arts, and today I'm delighted to welcome soprano Samantha Crawford and pianist Lana Bode to the studio to talk about their exciting initiative, Dream Risk Sing, Elevating Women's Voices. The idea behind Dream Risk Sing is the creation of a programme that elevates the voices of modern women, telling stories that are not traditionally related in song. The programme will be performed at the Oxford Leader Festival on the 20th of October 2021, where it will feature the world premiere of a new song cycle by composer Charlotte Bray and poet Nikki Joukowska, Crossing Fault Lines, exploring women's professional experiences of mentorship, discrimination and ambition. This is, we believe, the first time a concert has been programmed to present women's experience in such a comprehensive way. You'll hear them outline the five core areas of lived female experiences they have focused on, including, intriguingly, love and lust and legacy. Samantha and Lara describe this as an evolving programme, and it's clear this is just the beginning of a hugely significant project for the exploration of how women and their lived experiences are portrayed in music. One of the next steps being an extended version of the Oxford Leader programme coming out on disc on Delphian Records in 2022. Stay tuned to find out more. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Allianz offer a team of music experts who understand musicians' needs and lifestyles, especially helpful during the strange times we're in. You can get cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment with protection against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. And, unlike home insurance, there's no excess to pay on instrument or accessory claims. At the moment, Allianz have a special online offer with two months free cover. Not only that, every Allianz music policy now includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Alliance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. So now let's go over to the Music Works studio where Samantha and Lana are waiting to speak to us. Welcome, Samantha and Lana. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Really pleasure to have you. I'm excited about our conversation today. Um, so this is Samantha Crawford, soprano, and Lana Bode, pianist. Um, and you guys are here to talk about your project, Dream Risk Sing, Elevating Women's Voices. Um, could you tell us a bit about this project and um, and what it's all about, please? Absolutely. Dream Risk Sing was something that I thought about pre-COVID where I was just searching for a program and songs that I felt articulated modern women's lives, lived experiences. And I was digging through a lot of texts, a lot of poetry. I was looking back through vast quantities of um, leader and songs from the past. And I was looking at current uh, contemporary repertoire and Lana really started helping me and um, fine tune the program. And we came up with five areas that we wanted to cover about um, women's lives, which were growing up, love and lust, motherhood, career, and legacy. And we feel um, that we've now got a program that represents those things, which includes the new commission, which is specifically talking about women in the workplace. And um, we're very much looking forward to performing at Oxford Leader Festival on the 20th of October. And then 
after that we'll be recording all the songs that we have in the program for an album with Delphine reference. Wonderful. Um, so let's start with the new commission. There's a lot to talk about here, isn't there? But let's start with the new commission, which is called Crossing Fault Lines. And was, you commissioned this, didn't you, from Charlotte Bray and Nikki Jakoska? Yeah. Um, and I understand that this is the first piece of music that we know of that is, a, is actively about women in the workplace. Incredibly so. Yeah. 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 In all of our research, we couldn't find any repertoire that was about, um, you know, women at work in any kind of <laughs> relevant or modern way. Um, and you know, as Samantha said previously, we were kind of we we're looking for something that's a program anyway that kind of um, represented women in their modern lives um, and and gave women agency in telling their own stories. Because um, so mm -hmm. many. You know, there's a vast song repertoire, of course, and women do appear in it, but oftentimes in roles like a muse or a temptress or, you know, a lover who's waiting for some man to come along. Um, a mother singing a lullaby. Yeah. A exactly. lot of that, which it's is all fine. Yeah. And we've picked yeah. a lot of, we picked the, yeah. the right kind of <laughs> songs um, that, you know, we obviously are using songs from the past as well. But there were some areas, like Lana said, where a new commission was the only thing that would fit the bill. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And that was a really exciting, um, you know, journey to to progress on together to select mm. to commission and then to explore which texts to set and eventually to decide to commission the texts as well. Yeah, um, it was a really exciting journey, and we're really excited about um, the results. Yeah, absolutely. We can't wait to hear it on the twentieth when it's premiered mm. at Oxford Leader Festival. Um, so you had to, so you commissioned the text as well. Yeah. Did you find a yeah. similar thing with texts? Was that due to a complete lack of um, texts that were about women in work, or was it more about just not quite the right fit? I think it was more that it wasn't quite the right fit, and part of it is that we wanted to, um, the, the song cycle from the get-go was going to cover three different aspects of women's lives in the workplace, which are um, mentorship, um, discrimination, and ambition. And so we wanted to find texts that not only, you know, explored all of those areas in a way that felt, you know, relevant and timely, but also had a sort of cohesion. Yeah. And there were quite a lot of wonderful poems that we considered and still love very much, um, but ultimately didn't quite work together. And it was Charlotte Bray, um, actually, who suggested, let's just commission our own poems. She'd worked with Nikki before on the song cycle Fire Burning in Snow. Um, so they had a previous relationship together and she knew that, um, you know, Nikki's, Nikki's writing was just amazing and, and we were very happy to be along on that yeah. journey and just see the depth um, and the, there's so many layers of symbolism in her poetry, but also there's a sort of immediacy to it that's really powerful yeah. that even on your first read through or your first hearing, you just, yeah. And one of the things we really appreciated about working with Nikki is um, she's a more mature lady. And so she's seen a lot of feminist issues sort of rise and fall as the years have gone by and um, isn't having just a current take on it. Whereas, you know, our, our take on things is more of our lived experience experiences today. And um, she she brings a lot of that depth and that understanding, um, which I think has added more to the poetry. and. For us, we certainly hope that it means that the song cycle stands the test of time more. Obviously, mm -hmm. our desire is that this gets um, programmed by lots of people in the future who want to sing about um, this area that's not been written about before. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really good fit and a really fascinating pro process for us 
to be involved even in the process of text. Um, yeah. Even when working with composers, you know, there's a bit of musical input, but um, this is fantastic. So it has felt really like the four of us are bringing this mm. um, piece mm. to, to life, which is amazing. That's wonderful. It's so exciting, isn't it? And the, the relationship between um, composer, librettist and performer can be such a, a fun, can really make for such an incredible, as you said, depth of um, depth of work. So that's absolutely wonderful mm -hmm. to hear. Um, and uh, I like the, the three elements of women in the workplace that you mentioned as well. Um, mm -hmm. sounds very, it sounds very apt. Um, um, yeah, so uh, obviously I'm aware that I'm recording this not having, um, with the with the work not having been premiered yet, <laughs> so I'm not sure how much about it, how much I'm allowed to ask about it. We'll tell you if it's under the Official yeah. Secrets Act, don't worry. <laughs> okay, sure, so if you could just, yeah, keep me informed of the legal status of any questions that I ask, that would be great. Just to say, um, if you really were desperate to have a little sneak preview, we're going to be, um, performing some extracts of it on Women's Hour on the 19th of October. So you would be able to actually hear um, some little snippets then as a precursor to the concert that's the next day, the premiere. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, excellent. And um, so tell me about the rest of the programme then. So is it, so obviously the Charlotte Bray Commission um, Crossing Fault Lines is the element of the programme that's about women in work. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, tell right. me about the rest of it. That's right. Um, so I think uh, another kind of very, very early starting point um, is the song cycle Woman Life Song by Judith Weir. Um, that was really the inspiration for the, for the program. And obviously we've, we've modeled the title Dreamers Sing on Woman Life Song. Um, and it's, it's such a fantastic and immense orchestral song cycle. If, you've, if, you know, if you're listening and you haven't heard it, do um, you know, Google it or look on YouTube. Um, you can hear Jesse Norman performing the whole thing. Um, at the song uh, back in 2000. But um, anyway, it's an amazing work and we really wanted to include songs from it, but being an orchestral work, it was a bit sort of, you know, how is this gonna be okay to do with, you know, just voice and piano. So I asked Judith about it and um, we had selected two specific songs from the cycle that we wanted to include. Um, and one of them, she felt, you know, that does work really well for piano, but the other one is gonna take some serious reworking. So there was another kind of it wasn't exactly a commission, of course, it's very much a, a pre-existing work, but it was very collaborative in the way that we reworked it and workshopped it and explored how to not transcribe, but really transform the orchestral writing so that it packed a punch on the piano the same way as it does with the kind of really interesting string and percussion ensemble and guitar that yeah. are in the original, um, yeah, original instrumentation. So. That sounds like another just fantastic and involved process. I'm loving the the way this this program feels like. I mean, we've I referred to it at the beginning, um, and you referred to it as well as a, as an evolving program. It feels as though it's been evolving very collaboratively with between yourselves and the the various people that you've worked with on it. Yeah, I think even when we we were happy with what we had put in the program, it seems so so key working with the composers because they've really helped give us depth of understanding. In fact, we've even spoken with the librettists and the poets um, for some of the pieces. So that that has been so insightful and definitely helped us shape the programme. The, the, the pieces by Judith are in the growing up section of the cycle. And then we have Charlotte's piece speaking about women in the workplace. Then we have some songs that touch on motherhood. Um, yeah, I'd love to speak about those. Um, so uh, the, we have two songs from Libby Larson's 
song cycle, The Birth Project, which are prose settings of um, actual women's birth stories. Um, and she wrote that in, I think, I'm going to say 2015. Um, and then we have also two songs from Helen Grimes' song cycle, Bright Travelers, which is settings of poetry about some various, very specific aspects of, of early motherhood. Um, and one that we're including is about breastfeeding, and the other is um, dealing with kind of reflecting on previous child loss and how those emotions are always with you, even as you kind of move forward. Um, name life, those are really, really close to our hearts. Yeah. Um, and then um, alongside, there's a lovely, lovely little lullaby by Rebecca Clark um, of just a rapture you can feel as, as a new mother. So there's, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a largely contemporary um, section. I think it, it really yeah. needed to be. It's really, it's only recently that people have started talking about, um, you know, motherhood and pregnancy and, you know, in real life terms without all the euphemisms and, you know, taboos. <laughs> Yeah, and just bringing some of that authenticity. I, I think mm -hmm. again because um, these are women's voices that have given these poems yeah. and have yeah. written these poems, which is a key part of it. I think um, mm -hmm. we have um, a fantastic selection in the love and lust section. It wasn't hard to find those pieces in the historic repertoire. There's a piece by Clara Schumann, which is "Er ist gekommen." which speaks about waiting for your lover in the rain and the storm um, and how even though you feel glad and you can let them go um, when the sort of the affair and the moment is over is there is there a little tinge of sort of sadness bitterness or remorse it's it's to be it's to be decided for yourself um, but it's quite freeing it's not a a love story where a woman waits for a man to actualize her um, she obviously freely engages and freely walks away as does he so we felt that that fitted with the modern narrative because we had to choose quite carefully. And we've two songs by Alma Mahler, Waldseligkeit, which is a woman who has peace and repose and feels totally fulfilled, even alone in the in nature. Um, and Lobgesang by Alma Mahler, she speaks about waves of lust and love washing over her, like the surges of the, the ocean and the waves um, and, br and brushes in very broad brushstrokes about how um, she can speak about it like the stars in the sky um, and the vastness of the ocean, the vastness of the sky and how it's all consuming to her. So I think we, I certainly and Lana can relate to an all consuming feeling of love and lust. It's not, um, it's not the sort of more uh, perhaps measured and familiar love that comes later, perhaps in a long term relationship. This is sort of in the, the throes and the earlier part of that and where you do feel sort of totally overwhelmed by your emotions. So, um, yeah, that, that fit with the narrative of the modern women's um, lives. Oh, can I just jump yeah. in there? Um, just to say that those um, three in older leader, obviously, we wanted to include um, repertoire that's sort of pointed towards all the women that have paved the way, because, yeah. of course, it's, it's still, there are still obstacles, as we know, to being a composer if you're a woman that um, men don't face. Um, but how much more was that the case, you know, a century ago when Clara Schumann and Alan Mahler were writing. And um, although the poetry is by men, um, you know, unsurprisingly for that time, the way that they've set the poems, there's a kind of, there's a depth to it and a profoundness in the music, which really casts, it, it, it just gives a completely different perspective. And I think that's 
especially clear in Bob Zegekeit, and also set by Strauss and other um, song composers. Um, that Mahler setting is just totally different. There's a whole, there's a peacefulness in it, and the sense that it's totally fine to be by myself. I'm fulfilled, um, you know, as as a as a woman. We know from her life that she was very happy to kind of um, uh, carve out her own pathway yeah. with love and relationships. Um, controversially, perhaps for some, but um, yeah. So I just wanted to add that in there, and also to say um, we have. Um, male composers in the program and um, we've got yeah. some fantastic songs that we found um, um we've got a piece of musical theatre which is Ricky Ian Gordon's um piece that comes from Sycamore Trees um and it's called My Mother is a Singer and it's a, actually written as a tribute to his own mother who was a, um, a comedian and an entertainer in the Borscht Belt and he said in this tribute that she has has had the most beautiful singing voice that um he ever heard and he felt that at least at the time when he wrote the song, that her giving it up to raise a family was tragic and that he'd written this song especially for her. And it's about sort of longing and dreams that he wished she had fulfilled. And he's kind of calling on her to sing it out for herself, as it were, like sing her own narrative, because she obviously didn't sort of live the narrative that she had hoped for herself. Um, and it's a, it's a really beautiful song um, where a child, you know, sings to the mother um, and then we have another one where a granddaughter tells a story. Do you want to talk about Yeah, yeah, this is by Carson Koeman. Um, It's from his song cycle, Gold into Diamonds. And um, it's uh, it's a ballad, it's the name of the song. Um, and, and the story of the ballad is, is a reflection on a grandmother um, who lived in Kentucky uh, and was sort of married quite young to her school teacher and the relationship becomes increasingly abusive as he gets caught up in religious fundamentalism. So it kind of touches on that um, demographic, which is still very present in a lot of Western countries, although, you know, it's, it's hidden away, it's still very much is there and women are very um, often oppressed quite badly within those communities. So um, that's a really, really powerful song. Yeah, with a good um, juxtaposition, there's a lot of freedom yeah. in the music and it feels like she's young and dancing and doesn't have a care in the world, but really underneath it's this quite Absolutely. This heavy undertone. Um, yeah. So that we picked that because it, it's um, a really good fit for the programme. And then we also have um, Dvorak's songs my mother taught me um, because we felt that was a good fit as well. It is reflective. It's like another daughter singing about her experiences when her mother was teaching her to sing and how she used to have tears running down her face. And now she is the one that is the teacher and she is having that same experience. And I guess she has empathy with her mother. She's understanding about traditions handed down and that sense of legacy that we've tried to weave throughout the programme because the final piece is a really important one for us, which has actually come out of a, a natural relationship that Lana had with the composer, Michelle Broman. Yeah, I met uh, Michelle Barman um, through uh, Lucy Schaefer, who mezzo soprano, um, who uh, included some of her songs in a program we did at Opera Festival a few years ago. And uh, Michelle is a singer-songwriter and music theatre writer, um, and also a composer, but she works mostly within those genres. And um, this particular song is just so powerful, and the uh, lyrics by Hilary Rollins are just, they very directly address um, the legacy of of women, not necessarily as mothers passed on to daughters, which, you know, previously has been a, exclusively a domestic thing, but um, very much in the sense of, you know, we don't need to necessarily finish the work ourselves. It's okay if there's still some work 
to be done because there are other people who come after us, whether they're our daughters or our sons or our friends or other artists or whoever it is um, who shares a passion for you know human equality. But yeah. um, and yeah. taking the word daughter away from the literal sense, it's yeah. uh, it's a, a woman to woman or a yeah. mentor to mentee handing on the baton. Obviously, we would love yeah. as many men as possible to hear the recital and engage yeah. with the women's stories because that's really important to us yeah, so we this, know men need to get involved <laughs> yeah so um we love we love that piece it's yeah. a singer songwriter kind of style um yeah. song and it, worked, it worked really beautifully i think actually right sat right next to yeah um you know older leader and contemporary yeah. classical pieces i think it actually fits in like a glove yeah phenomenal what an sounds like it's going to be an incredible journey to go on <laughs> Um, yeah. As a listener, <laughs> never mind <Yeah>. you guys. <laughs> we um, we did obviously do a lot of um, editing and back and forth, but I mean, quite naturally because it's close to our hearts, there are quite a lot of tears in rehearsals. But I think that's good. We're trying to give an honest account of some of our lived experiences, but we're trying to create empathy towards women, and we are women, and we also we want to model what we would also like to see. And it was a, we want to tell these stories because we want to have conversation. The second half of the title, Dream Risk Sing, Elevating Women's Voices, is like a handout to the audience too. It's not a, well done us, we perform these, you receive them. It's a, and, and, and hopefully you can start those conversations maybe you need to have, or maybe you could reflect on that thing that's too painful for you to articulate at the moment, but it can sit with you in your heart for a while until you feel ready to broach it with people, or it's just a, very much a handout um an offering of a, of a hand um, a one anothering sense not a us and them sort of trying to break away a little bit from that traditional recital performer format um just to feel more inclusive mm. is, our, is our aim yeah absolutely um so the program that you've just uh described um i know that you're doing a premiere performance of crossing fault lines at oxford leader festival on the 20th and i also know that you're um soon to record um a wider program for the project um with delphian and that will be released uh, in 2022 i think is that right that's right yeah no, yeah um so um is what you've just described the the program of the disc then so, so yeah, the program that I just described is um, the program of the whole disc, and it's something that's always evolving. We're we're um, reconsidering songs, reordering things. Um, we're, we've added poetry in and then taken it out again. So it's something that's that's um, constantly growing as um, as you know the situation and the need for you know what women are going through in society is is ever evolving as well. Um, the program at Oxford Leader is a pared down um, version to fit into their late night slot. Um, so we're focusing specifically on some of the contemporary music in the program and the centerpiece of that very much is the, the premiere of Crossing Fault Lines. Um, but every time we do it, we're still very much keeping the focus on women, modern women's lives, and those five aspects that Samantha explained before of growing up, love and lust, motherhood, career, and legacy and because we want it to be well-rounded and to kind of for there to be space for anyone who's listening to sort of see something of themselves yeah. in the program yeah. it's very important isn't it it's um one of the major things about narratives around women always have been 
the the generalizations of all women do this or all women do that and actually yeah. I do see that happening with men as well <laughs> but uh, but somehow it seems yeah um yeah, yeah. We they're that. accelerating at different speeds aren't they <laughs> the, the sort of everyone realizing what they're saying and how it's affecting people and so on um it certainly sounds like there's something for everyone in that program and um what uh, and so tell me more about your work in general because i'm sure that um this project didn't come out of a vacuum so that both of you are very involved in um in um looking at feminist music and um programming for social justice i believe is that fair to say yeah so this program kind of came on the back of um a previous project which Samantha was very supportive of um, a mutual friend um, of ours, um, Marta Fonson Simmons, recorded an album with me of American music, um, which focused on uh, women's voices and specifically uh, mental health um, issues as experienced by women. Um, and, and the focus of that album was specifically um, uh, writing by Virginia Woolf and writing by Emily Dickinson alongside other other songs. Um, and I think that sort of segued quite naturally into, you know, let's broaden out the conversation now and um, look at all of women's lived experience and kind of, you know, their everyday lives and all of these different facets of their lives. Um, so it's, for me, it felt like a very natural segue when Samantha asked me if I wanted to be involved. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> it was very much, um, very much up my alley, so to speak. Yeah, and Lana was the perfect perfect person, perfect partner, oh, very yeah. happy. <laughs> I, um, I think for me, the social justice aspect of creating this album has just been something that I've, it's just been niggling away in my heart for quite a few years and I wasn't sure what the truest expression or an, an expression of that could be, especially mm -hmm. where my professional world and what lies within my heart kind of meets, you know, that doesn't always happen at work. Of course, as a working musician, you seeing things that you are engaged to to a fuller or lesser extent but this really is something that's very homegrown very uh, come out of a place where we wanted to see those stories told so i would say that alongside my career i was also running a, a creative professionals network for a couple of years and i partnered with the international justice mission and also home for good to do some to, to run some events that raise money for them and i think just from that point onwards i began to realize more and more that i wanted my professional worlds completely overlap and where so they wouldn't be sort of separate interests um mm. and so this project is in part that and I've spoken with composers and other people that I'm interested in um bringing narrative around other women's stories and social justice men as well um that aren't really aren't really spoken about yet and I think this has given me the courage or the insight as to how to do that more you know I didn't think that I'd be singing songs about women who've um, experienced miscarriage or what it's like to wake up in the night breastfeeding but it feels like a very true real relevant thing to be talking about and I think the the past 18 months everybody has lived through has meant there's been a stripping back of pretending we're all okay all of the time and being a bit more direct about some of those things and I think people really caring about what's going on around them and um, I certainly am interested in um, some of the um, abolition of modern slavery bills that are going through and I would really like to see a work created around that so um, this is this is fantastic in itself but it's breeding that kind of hunger and um, has driven me forward and certainly Lana she's already doing lots of fantastic projects in other areas like that so it's it's lit a fire but in a very good sense.
it's been wonderful i think uh, for me so that that we share that um uh feeling that you know this isn't the program yeah a definitive about it's not the end it's the beginning <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's just one of, of many and and we hope there will be many others um we hope there will be many future compositions about women in the workplace and you know this is this is just one more offering you know to help um steer the classical music industry into a more kind of um equal representation <laughs> shall we say mm. so, yeah. yeah absolutely um i think i don't think you're alone in having the the fire lit um either that's uh it resonates a lot with me personally actually that um i uh I, i've said this before on this pod, part of what this podcast is is to is to um highlight um things that have always been true um about music and the music industry and it's good sides and it's bad sides and all sorts of things like that and I used to I used to mutter away about them with people who I knew agreed with me um I never I never talk about them publicly or um anything like that but I feel strongly the same that my work has to have a um a purpose beyond just doing my work I think more people are coming to terms with that they can be honest about those things now and say it and not be so fearful certainly I've noticed the conversation and narratives around um some of the more traditional classical music roots that I've was my whole career to date really um <clears throat> that, that there's been a broader sense of opening up and talking about inclusiveness and equality and that has been a really good thing from an incredibly tumultuous year and a half that we've all lived through so for that i'm very grateful yeah likewise absolutely um and lana do you want to talk about your your project that you mentioned about um women yes yeah. yeah yeah i would love to um so uh, the next um, commission that I'm working on is with composer Kevin Malone, um, and he is doing a long-running project called Her Stories, which um, literally tells the stories of marginalized women through solo piano, um, and the pieces um, not only represent the stories of the women, but the way you perform them um, illustrates aspects of the women's lives. So. Um, there's a sort of there's a piece that involves kind of running a card along the keys, um, which is a sort of reference to Ada Lovelace and the computer cards that, that she developed. And um, so it's a very innovative and exciting um, project to be involved in. And um, the uh, series of pieces we're working on together now is an educational um, set of pieces for grades one to eight, so that kids who are learning to play piano are have options of wonderful bass minuets and everything else that they play from the canon and mm. so it's, it's really exciting to be, um, to be doing that and it's wonderful to be doing it you know with Kevin because I do I perform a lot of women composers very intentionally you know try to highlight um, women in the work that I do but actually having working alongside a male ally is really empowering and wonderful and and I think that's really this isn't just uh, kind of a women's mission this is a global human mission and that's really what it needs to be to succeed um, so that's been really wonderful yeah we're hoping that people that engage with the program sorry to bring it back to dreamwrestling for a second no, but no, it's no, no. Very much in the spirit of um, the project Lana's just outlined that she's doing um, is that we want people to come away feeling like they want to champion women it's very much about raising the conversation it's not about a finger pointing exercise or anything hateful or angry or it's, it's not about that it's about um wanting to champion the women that we love and encourage more love in general i'd say yeah. it's a 
something really powerful in what you're describing about um, the um, the move away from all art being sort of under the male gaze. Um, mm. I, th- I found phrases like that really useful when when trying to kind of work out you know how to do these things without alienating men and, and without feeling like I'm in you know men are in some way to blame it's not it's not I was someone I, I know actually articulated this really well when they said it was it wasn't about men it was about masculinity and and what that meant for um, behavior um, and so hence why um, it's vital to have people you know allies of all um, genders on this. And, and violence as well. We talk a lot about violence yeah. against women girls, but um, uh, mm. male violence against other men is a huge yeah. problem as well. It's not. It um, is, yeah. And there, mm. there are men's issues that are that are still like um, way behind a lot of women's issues in terms of being discussed um, openly and so on. So I do I do think you know there's a huge amount in this. But one of the things that I've um, I've noticed recently is whenever I watch anything on TV or listen to anything or anything like that, it always feels to me like now. Um, more so than it ever has in my life before. Like it's a statement about the world and about how things are. And there's some really good TV programs at the moment that just present a slightly different way as to how things could be. You know, how people don't make the stupid choices that they've been making in rom-coms for 30 years and they don't, you know, behave in the way that we've come to expect. Um, And I think that the kind of um, work that you're doing is just so vital in that because obviously um, classical music being such a historic um, field with such a rich history and contemporary classical music being so relatively um, hard to bring into the the canon, I suppose, or into the sort of general, um, people's general listening. Um, I'm certainly finding more and more that I'm turning off programs on Netflix that I feel don't portray the kind of the kind of modern world as I understand it or want to understand it. And I think the same for me, the same is becoming true of um, of classical music. So I'm now finding more and more that I, I get really excited by listening to things that are presenting a whole new a whole new gaze, as it were. <laughs> it was um, Lucy Schaefer who encouraged us. Uh, along with many others, but particularly at the beginning to um, really press into the project. And she said, you have to understand that, you know, as a as a modern musician nowadays, you really are going to have to be all the things that you're putting out before us, because we were wondering how many of the roles we should fulfill to make a project like this come to mm-hmm. life. And we ended up realising that we were going to be, you know, the search and developers, the, um, the programmers, the produ- <laughs> in some ways the producers, um, yeah. the performers, you know, and that's just kind of an articulation of what you were saying, that this... Um, there has to be a new way of thinking about yourself as a performer as well as the music that's being created and um we would definitely want to sort of be able to break that process down and um, go and speak to students at the music colleges and demystify anything that needs demystifying to say you have the power to create a program that you're legitimately interested in here's a way to approach a composer and the funding bodies that you'll need to get involved and um you know go out there and dream big Absolutely. And think about what you'd like to add to the classical repertory. Absolutely. Can I go back to what Katie was saying about the canon as well? Um, something that I think is really important is actually we're starting with Dvorak, um, and it's not an obscure Dvorak song. It's the one everyone knows. Um, Something that taught me. It's, it's a beautiful song. Um, and I think it works so well, actually. Um, and, and in the context of then what comes after that, you know, he experienced the song in a very different way. And I think part of our job is not necessarily to throw out the canon, but to to re um, to reimagine how we can present it, um, and to to 
allow it to kind of modernize alongside other works so we can hear it in a new way that doesn't feel like we're stuck in the previous century. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for talking to us about this fantastic project and, and everything that goes alongside it. I feel like we can keep talking about this for much longer, but um, can I ask you to, um, to give us the details of where we can hear it, um, all of that kind of thing, plug away, please. Absolutely. So the world premiere of Crossing Fault Lines by Charlotte Bray and text by Nikki Jacobska is happening on the 20th of October. And then next year we will be doing our album launch in the summer of 2022. Um, we will also be performing the Dream Risk Sing next year as well. And we hope to continue to perform it into 2023 because we don't feel like these issues are gonna to come to the table for women anytime soon. We would love to carry on that narrative for a little bit longer. So those are the sort of take homes I'd say of what's happening with Dream Risk Sing. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Katie. And thanks also to our sponsors for the project, which include uh, the Arts Council England through the uh, National Lottery Funds and Ray Bondelings Trust and Nicholas Boyce Charitable Trust. Couldn't do it without you. Oh, wonderful. Oh, thank you so both so much for coming. Uh, this is such an exciting initiative and I really can't wait to watch how this develops. If you want to find out more about the Dream Risk Sing concert at Oxford Leader, you can find this at oxfordleader.co.uk. That concert and other concerts will also be available via online streaming and catch-up. And again, the information is available on the Oxford Leader website. Um, the concert will also be previewed on Women's Hour on Tuesday the 19th of October. So if you can't make the concert on the 20th, you can hear Samantha and Lana again here with some of this incredible music. For other podcast episodes from us on women, their music and their experiences, you can find a number of these across every season of Music Works broadcasts from composer Ella Jarman Pinto to soprano Julia Kogan and Sophie Gilpin and the work of Swapra. Thank you so much, Samantha and Lana. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Works podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe, check out our other great episodes and even better, leave us a review. You can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing list for updates and news about what Polyphony Arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there. You can find more information in the show notes as well. Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beardsworth and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening.